I don't know. I almost feel like we need to have this conversation on the air. Because we were, here's the thing. I, we were just having a casual conversation here in the studio. Josh is asking me a, a, a question. It, it got started with the, uh, the Scott Peterson thing. And somehow it morphed into the political realm. And honestly, it's I, you've heard me talk about a lot of this stuff on the show before, but um, you know, it's a good discussion to have. By the way, welcome to the program. Casey Hendrickson here on 95.3 MNC. Want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Um, so Joshua is, was taught, you started off with the death penalty thing, right? Because the Scott Peterson thing happened today. Yeah, he was just, just resentenced. Yeah. So Scott Peterson, who murdered his wife, um, the Supreme Court overturned his life conviction because they, they, there were some issues with the jury. And so he's been resentenced to life in prison today. So that just happened. You were asking about all of that stuff. And somehow that flowed into a discussion about politics in general. How did that, get, how did that start? Like, how did we get into that? It was the question of, of if life and the death penalty is the same. Right. And that okay. started into somehow we bridged into talking about the political realm of that and how the bipartisan, not bipartisan, the the breakdown of bipartisanship happened right. throughout the 90s. It, and yeah, I was kind of explaining to him like what happened in the 90s, because really there's there's two people that you can point to for being the biggest villains, if you will, for what is currently happening in Washington, D.C., uh, Republicans will blame one guy. Democrats will blame another guy. Uh, they're both right. There's also other boogeymen involved in all of that. But just in general, the two people that are responsible for the the political divide in this country right now are Newt Gingrich and Harry Reid. So Newt Gingrich, I was explaining to Josh about Newt Gingrich implementing this, this constant 24-7, 365 donor cycle that members of each party have to have uh, before the nineties you basically raised money as a political party or a candidate in campaign season that's why we called it campaign season you weren't just in a season of running political ads or knocking on doors that was your fundraising season it wasn't year-round you know most if if you are younger out there go talk to your parents and your grandparents and great-grandparents and ask them, you know, was it a constant 24-7 political fight in this country your whole life? And they will say, no. Well, we didn't even think about it for two years. And then if if something was happening, we paid attention in the, in the midterms, but really, yeah, it was just every four years. That's kind of how it was. But now we're in this perpetual campaign cycle. So we no longer have, oh, the election's ramping up. we got to remind everybody. We don't have that anymore because you're campaigning all the time, all the time. And there's new ways of doing it and everything else. But what Newt Gingrich did is he basically installed this, this 24-7, 365 campaigning apparatus. And it was a way for the political parties. Democrats do it, too. It's just that this is kind of Gingrich's idea. He implemented it first. It was, we're going to force the politicians who come to Washington, D.C. to sit down for a set number of hours a month and they have to call their constituents and raise money. So they have to sit there and raise money. And like they get in trouble with the party if they don't. People, what you forget to understand is that the politicians that you send to Washington, D.C., they're supposed to be your employees, but they work for the party. And the party sets the rules. 
And if they break the rules, just like your employer can discipline you, the party can discipline them. And sometimes that entails the party saying, we're not giving you any money or you're not going to be on this committee anymore. Oh, you wanted that sweetheart committee assignment? Not going to happen unless you raise this much money in this quarter. So this all started um, really as, as a way for Newt Gingrich to constantly raise money year round as opposed to just waiting every two years or for a special election or something like that to start asking for money. Um, That way the coffers didn't get low and you always had it. The problem with that is, well, there's two really big problems with that. Number one, and this is why, because I know that a lot of you are like, oh yeah, Newt Gingrich is great. And every time Newt Gingrich comes up, you hear me talk about how bad he is. He's an intelligent guy, writes really good books, knows an awful lot about politics and American history, and you should listen to him on those things. But when he was running for president this last time around, what did you hear me say every day? There's Mr. Evil again, right? And it's not just this. Newt Gingrich is a bad guy, okay? It doesn't matter what Sean Hannity tells you. Newt Gingrich has done a lot of awful, okay? He's not the demon that Democrats paint him to be. But he certainly isn't a conservative, and he's not a friend to the conservative base. So he has this year-round fundraising strategy, which has two major problems. Problem number one, you can't raise that much money in an off-political cycle. Your Aunt Emmy isn't going to want to give over 20 30 50 bucks, whatever it is, to a candidate when there's no election on the line. So what you have to do is you have to create boogeymen. So you go out there and you go, look, if you don't give me this money, AOC is going to come and slit your throat in the middle of the night, so give me the money. And at that point, you're outraged, right? You've heard me talk about this, right, Josh? The cycle of you're perpetually kept in a state of anxiety, right? Yeah. And both sides do this. But this is one of those reasons why. It makes it easier for you to vote for the lesser of two evils, your tribe, because the other tribe is super, super evil, right? And it also makes it easier for you to part with your money. That's the goal. So they have to constantly, that's why we have all of these battles. Uh, Seemingly minor little political issues become these huge, massive issues in our society because they're both trying to ramp you up so you give them money. The the, the DCCC and the RNC, whatever it is, they all want you to give them money on a perpetual, regular basis. So they need you to be ticked off about something. They need you to be afraid of someone. And if they do that, you're more willing to give your money. So that's why we have all these record-breaking fundraising quarters now. Never had that before. So now everybody's breaking records in fundraising, right? The other problem is, is that, well, fundraising sucks. How many of you have done fundraising? It's terrible. Nobody likes doing fundraising, right? Politicians don't like doing fundraising either. Plus, they have lives. They have jobs that they have to do. They have research they've got to do. And it sucks to go into the little building that they have, the the phone bank that they have in Washington. is one building where you go. The Democrats go in at a certain time, and the Republicans go in at another time, and you have to schedule your time out. It's like scheduling time in our studios upstairs to record. It's the same thing, Josh. And it's, it's very, very strange. Um, It's a really good documentary that came out, I think it was last year, that really highlighted, like, how this works. Um, And, you know, again, it's just, it's one of those things where it's, most people don't realize this. They have no idea that this is going to happen. And if you don't meet your fundraising goals, you don't get committee assignments, you lose committee assignments, you you start um, running into some real problems with funding your own reelection campaign. 
you know, maybe the party won't support you, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, because, again, it's not about you. It's about the party. It is always about the party. The political class doesn't give a damn about any of you. The political class only cares about itself. If it was about you, they would want to run the best people possible and not the next man up. But both sides do this. Well, you've been involved in our party for 20 years. You get a chance to run for office finally. What about this other much more dynamic, much more intelligent um, person who connects with the people that we need to connect with in this race? Nah, they're new. This guy's been solid for 20 years. So we're next man up, right? McCain was next man up. Romney was next man up. Bob Dole, rest his soul, was next man up, okay? They weren't the best candidates. They weren't the ones that should have run, but they were the next man up. That was the whole point. Romney actually bowed out. He was going to beat McCain. He bowed out in that Republican primary because McCain was the next man up. And they said, you'll get the shot next time. And he did. And he failed miserably just like McCain did, okay? So the other problem is that politicians don't want to sit down and raise money. So all they have to do is make their funding goals. They don't have a quota for specific numbers of donations. They just need to get a dollar amount. Would you rather sit there for three hours every single week and and cold call your constituents? Would you rather go to a lobbyist that will just give you the money and spend 15 minutes out of your day? Probably with a nice steak, okay? Maybe a limo ride with some bourbon. What what would you rather do, right? So then what that has has done is that created a, a bit of a power vacuum for lobbying groups, and on the Democrat side, lobbying groups and particularly unions. So now you just go to the union or you just go to the lobbying group or whatever it is. Um, uh, it, they'll be sitting there waiting in the dark. Yeah, we hear you're, you're short on your fundraising goals. We'll write you a check, but you got to go ahead and do this thing for us. And that's, that's how it happens, right? So this is why lobbying has gotten much worse, too. Lobbying is a very effective and a positive thing if it's done in the right way. The problem is that a system has been created to allow it to be abused. And... Democrats will lie to you and say that they want lobbying and, and money out of politics. It's not true because they're the biggest recipients of lobbying dollars. Um, it's it's purely about going after other groups. Now, ironically, just because I feel like I have to say this, the NRA is a terrible lobbying group with this traditional sort of a we'll give you tons of money because the NRA doesn't spend a lot of money lobbying. It's It's a giant misnomer, and the Democrats have been very effective in their messaging on this. But I go over this when it comes up on a regular basis. The NRA doesn't give a lot of money to politicians. The NRA has a massive membership base. And so the NRA says, look, here's the deal. We have all of these people who are NRA members. We have all of these people who support the NRA. You're going to tick them off if you do this. So it's more powerful than dollars sometimes, right? But the NRA doesn't actually donate a lot of money. They're not even close to one of the top lobbying organizations in the country not even remotely close i think every union in the country is don't donates far more dollars than the nra does um so you've got those two things right so you've got perpetual angst anxiety anger fear causes you to, to part with your money makes it more likely for your grandma your mom whatever to give money um and for some young people um you know this constant the issues that young people constantly deal social issues social justice stuff uh, pay off my student loans, That's which disproportionately affects rich people, by the way, benefits rich, rich people, the student loan programs. Uh, and so you do all of these things, and they're like, I'll give you $20 now instead of paying my student loans because then you'll just erase my student loans. They're not going to erase your student loans. It's not going to happen. Can't happen retroactively anyway. But that's what they tell you. So you've got those two problems there 
on that side. The other side of things is Harry Reid, who is, and because I know Harry Reid, I have interviewed Harry Reid many times. I'm from Las Vegas. I know all about Harry Reid. He is one of the most evil people who has ever served in politics, period. I'm not saying that because I disagree with this guy. He is a bad person. He is the type of person where, not advocating this, if someone were to kill him, I'd be like, good. That's how bad he is. And there's people out there who are like, oh, we just don't like him because of his politics. No. Harry Reid is an evil, horrible person. Everything wrong about anybody in politics, Harry Reid is the epitome of it. So Harry Reid... He's the one that created oppose the other side no matter what. Never align with them on any issue, even if it's an issue you've always advocated for. And this is why we have Democrats believe one thing. There's an election. Republican agrees with the Democrats. Democrats now oppose it. Same thing on the other side. This is why that happens, because Harry Reid created the war room and said, we're going to oppose, 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 because you can't give the other side a win. And I, you know, I was giving you some examples, right, Josh, of, of all the times that, you know, Trump um, did things that Democrats have been lobbying for for a long period of time. And Trump was still a demon seed spawn Adolf Hitler because of it. But like, he literally just did what you guys have always fought for. He was the best president a union could have ever had in the United States. He, t- he took on China, which is something that the political left was correct about doing. And a lot of people on the political right and the libertarians never wanted to do because, you know, cheaper prices, you know, that sort of thing. We, we swap jobs for cheaper prices and, and consumerism continues on. But there's a, the, the, the left was right about that. The left was right about what China was doing, and Trump realized that. And no Democrat, no Republican prior to Trump would take on that issue. Trump did, and they still hated him. Look at all of the success that black Americans had under Trump. More success under Trump than any other president going back to Lincoln. We'll give Lincoln his due, okay? But going back to Lincoln, no president has been better for the black community than Donald Trump, yet he's a white supremacist. Doesn't make any sense, right? It's because it's that constant, he's evil, give me money. He's evil, give me money. He's evil, give me money. That's what it's all about. So when you hear me, and this goes back to the Bush-Obama changeover, Bush was Adolf Hitler, right? Hitler incarnate. Obama did exactly what Bush did, but he expanded on Bush policies that Democrats said were evil. But Obama was a saint and perfect for doing it. Now, on the flip side of that, Republicans who supported Bush policies said that Obama was evil for doing the same things and even expanding upon them. Get it? They have succeeded so well at dividing all of you along these tribes that people just eat it like it's candy. They just, at the end of the day, it is you, your family, and your neighbors versus all of them. When I say the political class, I mean the politicians, I mean the government bureaucracies, I mean the donor class, I mean the courts, I mean um, you know all of the, uh, the special interest groups that are involved in all of that. That's the political class. It is them versus you. They don't care about you at all. Are there people within those systems that care? Sure, but they don't have control. More coming up, 95.3 MNC.
Now, I know that a lot of you have heard me say all of that stuff before, and I understand that that was an oversimplification of everything wrong with our political system. But I also wanted to prove the point of what I what I just made. You remember the Kennedy Center? Okay, so the Kennedy Center for Performing Arts. Non-essential. The Kennedy Center for Performing Arts. Democrats threw $25 million in COVID stimulus for that place. They can't hold events, but it was to keep them keep them open and keep them from having to lay off workers, right? So $25 million of your taxpayer dollars during the height of the pandemic, first year, were thrown at the Kennedy Center in that stimulus package. And what did they do? They still furloughed like 250 employees right after they got the $25 million. So what has happened now? They just had, they just had uh, their big event. So at the Kennedy Center uh, this week, Elites and the politically connected in attendance were reminded that the presidential box has a president in it after being empty for a while. Uh, so Biden was stand, got a standing ovation at the Kennedy Center Honors uh, thing. I don't remember what the event is called. It's I don't know, whatever. It's important for all of you, not me. Uh, David Letterman says, it's nice that the presidential box is filled again. Trump never went. He never went to the Kennedy Center Honors. So it's been empty since 2016. So now it's full. So here's what you have. You've got a building that is designed exclusively for wealthy elites to occupy, was non-essential, got $25 million during the, the pandemic anyway. They said the $25 million was essential so that those workers didn't lose their job. Kennedy Center fired them anyway. They come back. What is it? A bunch of people in tuxedos and gowns in the political class doing one of these things and honoring themselves. The Kennedy Center is literally about a bunch of rich political elites in the political class celebrating themselves in lavish prosperity. That's all it is. Paid for by you. Good luck getting into the Kennedy Center. If you just wanted to go as an average person. Good luck. I mean, the cost of getting in is insane. And so there's Biden who's like, oh, yes, yes, congratulate me for being Biden. <laughs> and they're all... They're fart sniffers, folks. Every single one, you walk into the Kennedy Center, I think, I don't know for sure, but I think that one of the things that happens is you're handed an empty martini glass, which is crystal, of course. It's not glass, not plastic, crystal. And the goal is for you to fart in it and just sniff it the entire time that you're there. If you have no idea what I am talking about, one of the best episodes of South Park ever, just look it up. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. MNC News Time is 3.33. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. You laugh, but it's true, Josh. It's true. I've seen several episodes where that happened. We're talking about those celebrity DNA shows. And I was like, I've seen a couple of them where a um, where where let's just call them uh, a racial activist ends up finding out their grandpappy owns slaves. It's <laughs> it's uh, Kamala's still dealing with that. She's still still dealing with the fallout of that. <clears throat> oh, friendly reminder: Kamala Harris's family owns slaves. Anyway, <laughs> good afternoon. You realize I've talked about nothing I was planning on talking about, and we are forty three minutes into this. You realize that? Not a single thing. I've got a whole show lined up. I'm behind for like two weeks, and I have not discussed a single thing that I wanted to talk about today. 
Want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Find them online at rbcarcompany.com. All right, I'll use this opportunity to provide some shocking news for everybody. Dr. Fauci said something that's probably correct. He said the Omicron variant is pretty mild and milder than Delta. Yep. <laughs> that's what the evidence says. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the CEO of South Africa's largest private healthcare network says that the Omicron variant is so mild that it may signal the end of COVID-19. Keep in mind, this is where it was found. So the two people who found Omicron said, it's mild, stop knee-jerk reaction to this. They slammed lockdowns and everything else, right? There's one newspaper, the Daily Mail, who decided to go ahead and do the fear-mongering campaign after everybody was saying, look, nobody's been hospitalized for Omicron yet. And then the Daily Mail is like, hospitalizations in, in the region that Omicron was discovered are through the roof. They're just not from Omicron. But they tried. They desperately tried. So Fauci's even admitting it's mild. The CEO of the largest private healthcare network in South Africa says it'll probably lead to the end of COVID. The two doctors that discovered Omicron are out there saying, yeah, no, it's, it's really not a big deal. This is actually really good because it's very, very mild. Nobody is hospitalized with Omicron. Uh, a judge did block the vaccine mandate for federal contractors. So we're at a point now where basically all of the mandates for vaccines have been completely stopped. Uh, and and you're at, your employer, if they're requiring it, your employer is scum. You want to find a new job. Uh, there is a new study that shows a 41-fold drop in Pfizer and Moderna effectiveness against Omicron. Did you hear me correctly here? A 41-fold drop in the effectiveness of Pfizer and Moderna against Omicron. Remember, Omicron has like 32 or 33 mutations. The vaccines only deal with one potential mutation. And so I told you, expect Omicron to go right through the vaccines like butter. That is exactly what has happened. The good news is Omicron doesn't send anybody to the hospital. It's relatively mild. That's, that's great news. Hey, Josh, sidebar. Did you know that they have, um, for over half a year now, been testing a Delta variant vaccine? Now, let me ask you a question. This is for you and Trish, okay? Why would they need to develop a Delta variant vaccine if the current vaccines work on the Delta variant? <clears throat> Is it because the, the ones before didn't work? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. I know. Don't tell Trish. I know. Stunning, right? Stunning. Why would they invest so much time, effort, and money in a Delta variant-specific vaccine if the other vaccines were working against it? Just asking questions. <laughs> the vaccines do not work against Omicron very well. Although they did say that um, if you had two shots and you're within a couple of months, it does seem to do okay. Natural immunity still works. Yeah, that's right. Polish up nails. Uh, what else do we have here? There's also a new study. The occurrence and frequency of vaccine-resistant mutations do correlate strongly with the vaccination rates. Woo. Woo. This is on the NIH's website, by the way. 
Mechanisms of SARS-CoV-2 evolution reveal. We anticipate that as a complementary transmission pathway, vaccine breakthrough or antibody-resistant mutations like those in Omicron will become a dominating mechanism of SARS-CoV-2's evolution when most of the world's population is either vaccinated or infected. Uh, the abstract of the paper goes on to say, when you, when you factor in the vaccination rates of Europe and the United States, the, the mutations are almost exactly the same. So uh, if you have a lot of people being vaccinated in a certain area, there's a mutation that happens right after that. So they're correlating the mutations with the vaccinations, which for the record, not a new phenomenon. It's something that I've been telling you about for a long time. It's nothing to be concerned about. Uh, the problem is, is that public health officials and politicians and the Trishas of the world tried to tell you that it was fake news and that it was a conspiracy theory in spite of the fact that this is well-established medical science. So just, just pointing out that there's more research that has come out and said that. Uh, the American Heart Association, which says, yes, mRNA vaccines do in fact increase the risk of heart attack. Twitter has uh, decided that they are more intelligent about this than the American Heart Association. And Twitter has slapped a warning label on the ad, or not the ad, but the article, and any link to the article. And in fact, they go one step further. Now, Twitter's been taken over by a racist, crazy person since Jack Dorsey left. He was just crazy, probably not racist. Um, so, you know what Twitter's doing? You know when you go to click the link? It says, this link might be dangerous. So now they're giving you a malware warning? By going to the American Heart Association. <laughs> uh, so that we're on this new path, though, because the cult of mask still has to be angry about something, right? They have no self-worth. They have no goals. They have, they have no substance in their existence. And as a result, the cult of mask must find a way to make themselves elevated above you plebes. Well, they've come up with a new way of doing that. And we're going to talk about that coming up. On News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. You know what I wish I had right now? We're both dealing with headaches. I'm convinced it's the conspiracy of whoever keeps spraying artificial air freshener in this office building today. And well, it's been the past week, really. What did we have? We had artificial pine. Uh, we we had artificial pumpkin. There was something else that was yesterday. I walked in today and I actually said, you know, it doesn't smell half bad today. And then Esther was like, yeah, it kind of smells weird though. <laughs> And, and then I, I, I had to ask her about this Dirty Santa game that everybody's supposed to play on Friday. Um, and she was perplexed as to why that might be misconstrued as something else. <laughs> it's like, we're going to play Dirty Santa at the Christmas party, huh? Okay. <laughs> I'll brush my teeth before I come to work. Um, so I had a headache, like right before the show, and Josh is like, you too? Like, I thought it was just me. His head's pounding. So we both got headaches. So here's what I wish that I had with me right now. I wish I had my CBD with me. But I don't. I didn't bring it with me. So we're both dealing with headaches. And that sucks. But you don't have to. You can go to allnaturalcbd.org. You can use promo code KC10 and even save 10%. Why? 
because I love you and I want to give you discounts so you can buy more stuff. Go to allnaturalcbd.org. Use promo code KC10. Pick up the lotion. Pick up the bath bombs. Soak those muscles away. Or use it as an excuse to get away from your in-laws because they're annoying you. Uh, you can get the, they got the new back patch that you can do. The full spectrum CBD back patch. Heck yeah, man. Uh, they've got gummies now. They've got sleep gummies. So you can slip those, uh, you know, tell tell your mother-in-law, okay, that you would like to offer her some gummy bears. And she's, she's going to go right off to sleep. That's all you got to do. Allnaturalcbd.org. Won't hurt anybody. She's going to feel great in the morning. She'll get a good night's sleep. Pain's going to be gone. Arthritis going to be feeling good. Allnaturalcbd.org. Promo code KC10. Uh, headlines on television news tomorrow. Local radio host advocates drugging mother-in-laws over the holidays. Um, I've been running into a lot of videos of people who are, they're distraught because their family is not allowing them to come to Christmas because they're not vaccinated. First of all, if your relatives don't want you over for the holidays because you're unvaccinated, get a new family. I'm not exaggerating here. They suck. They're probably toxic anyway. They don't love you. And this is a, a, a horrendous red flag. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not being radio host Casey here. If somebody won't risk their safety to be around you, especially considering they're not really putting themselves at risk, cut those people out of your life. Find new people. You need a new tribe. But this brings up a point. Because the cult of mask, who will alienate their family over this, they're starting to run out of reasons to look down upon you peasants. So they've come up with a new one. You ready for this? Here's the article. Is it safe to hang out with the unboosted? Oh, hey, remember what I was saying about them developing a Delta variant specific vaccine there, Josh? You need to be boosted now to be safe? Really? That's that's how it is? Glenn Greenwald, people who have only received two COVID vaccine shots are gross, and I'm grateful that the Atlantic stepped and bestowed them with a shameful new name, the unboosted, while suggesting that perhaps they must be shunned along with their even more filthy brethren, the unvaccinated. That's right. If you're unboosted, you're not good enough. 